Good morning. It is an absolute privilege to be able to speak with you this morning. Um, Today I want to talk to you guys. I'm I'm going to be doing uh, this week and next week, and maybe I shouldn't have told you I'm going to be here next week until at the end, so then you couldn't prejudge on whether or not you're going to be here. So anyhow, I want to talk with you guys about waiting on God. How many of you guys have ever had to wait on God before? Yeah. Here's, here's the crazy thing about waiting on God. I, I've, I've had to do this a few times, and, and before we do anything, before I say anything else, I want to preface everything with this. God is always with us. That is one of his promises. So waiting on God doesn't mean that we're waiting, uh, hoping that he'll someday come you know, and be in our lives. He's already in our lives. But all of us have answers, have prayers that we are needing answers for, right? We're asking God to show up in some way, and we're waiting on those answers, or we're waiting on the response. God is always with us. But how many times do we feel like we are waiting and waiting and waiting? Maybe you've been praying for, for a friend. Maybe you've been praying for a relative to come to a point where they realize who Jesus Christ is and the love for their lives that he has for them. And, and we've been praying and we've been hoping and we've been praying and waiting and waiting. Or maybe there is a need in your life. You've, you're praying for healing, asking God to heal, and you're waiting for that response Sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes waiting on God, maybe you feel like this. Take a look at this first picture. (laughs) Maybe you feel like that. I've had the uh, privilege, I guess you'd call it, of living in several states, and one of the um, hardest things about living in another state is going to DMV. Okay? You guys all know what I'm talking about, right? It's, it's like, oh. And, and I'm not going to say which state was the worst that I've been in, but it starts with an A and ends with a Zona, okay? <laughs> and um, I, went, I went to DMV, and all I needed to do was change my license, my driver's license. And you go into the DMV, you go into that waiting room, and you see people like this. And you're like, oh man, I wonder how long they've been here. And you go up and, and you have to get, you have to pull the little, you know, tag with the number on it and you get like A14. You're like, yes, 14, that's a sweet number. And you look up on the little digital thing up there and it's like C592. You're like, did I miss it already? And then, not only does it do that, you know, not only is it like that, but it's like, it's like bingo in that they just call out random numbers. They're like, Q49, Q49, aisle one. You're like, A14, come on. <laughs> okay. And after about three hours of you sitting there like this, you're just like, oh. Sometimes we feel like waiting on God is like the DMV where we're just like, someday my number's going to get called. Someday, at some point, Jesus is finally going to respond. I see him respond to other people, but I don't know when it's my turn. And we sit there and we're just like, oh. Or maybe you feel waiting on God is like this next picture. Take a look at this. Kind of like at the airport. 
where you're at the airport, you know, you know what I'm talking about? You have friends or family coming in, and it's, it's not like it here in North Dakota where we have, you know, one of three gates that they're going to show up at. But maybe it's more like Chicago O'Hare where you're not sure which concourse in which state they're going to show up. And so you're sitting in, the, in that front area, you know, you know, you're waiting for your loved ones and you're just kind of standing there. You're, you're at, the, at the, where the, you know, the escalator comes down. You're just like, anytime. And we feel like we're waiting. Is God going to show up today? Is God going to come now? It, it, we, we're not sure what time. We're not sure when. But at some point, God's going to show up or he's going to prove himself. And we feel like we're just kind of... Maybe it's him. No, no, that's not, no. Did they get a haircut? Okay, we don't know. And so we wait like an airport. Or maybe it's this last picture. Maybe, maybe we feel abandoned by God. Maybe we feel like, maybe he'll come around the corner one more time. And we stare out the window I don't know about you. I don't know how you grew up. I had a great relationship with my dad. But there were two times that I remember distinctly looking out the window waiting for dad. One time was when I knew I was in trouble. (laughs) You guys remember that? You remember that? Well, not with my life. You don't remember that experience. But do you remember having that experience where like your mom or your aunt or your grandma says, just wait till your father gets home? Have you... Okay, all you saints, bunch of liars. I'm the only one, all right? So I remember as a little kid, we had, we had this one little window that looked up the street, that you could see up the street. And I remember my mom, I got in trouble, I did something, I don't know, I probably teased my brother one too many times. And, and she said, just wait till your dad gets home. At that moment, I started crying. You know, it was, oh, no! Okay, and I remember sitting by the window looking, and, and, the, and the street went, you know, there was, it was uphill. Well, the street came downhill to our house. And so I remember looking, and I remember seeing my dad walking down the street, and that sense of terror of, oh, no, it's going to happen now. And I took off to my room. Sometimes... Sometimes waiting on God is like, oh no, I know I did something wrong. Oh no, God's going to get me now. Oh no, exactly. <laughs> and, and we have a fear of God showing up. We're like, okay, okay, God, don't show up right now. I know I'm not where I'm supposed to be. Or maybe it's like another situation that I had where I remember waiting at that exact same window. It could have been within days of this, of this first story. I don't remember for sure, but I remember I can't wait until dad comes home. I can't wait until dad comes home. I can't wait to see, when I see his steps coming down the street, when I start seeing him walking down, I cannot wait for that moment. I don't know what, we're going to go play in the backyard, we're going to play baseball, whatever it might be. We're going to play catch, we're going to ride my bike, we're going to spray paint my bike some crazy color, we're going to take it apart. I don't know, but I'm going to be with dad. And maybe you had an experience like that, and waiting on God, you're looking forward to it. I don't know, but maybe waiting on God, and I'm going to explain this 
a little bit this week, but even more next week, maybe waiting on God should be more like this, this last picture. It might not make sense right now, but trust me, come next week, I will explain it just a little bit more. But maybe waiting on God means that we need to come prepared. We need to come ready. Waiting on God, and here's, here's what I want us to walk away with today. Waiting on God is not passive. Waiting on God is not passive. At some point, while we are going through our situations, while we're dealing with life situations, maybe you're waiting on God like the DMV. Maybe you're, you're just like, I don't know when he's going to show up. I'm just sitting here. Someday, who knows? Maybe you're waiting on God like at the airport. Maybe you're waiting on God like the child at the window. And maybe you tell friends, you're just like, man, I've been praying about this. I've been, I've been trying to make the right decision. I don't know what I should do next. I don't know if I should leave Watford. I don't know if I should stay in Watford. I don't know if I should move my family here now. I don't know. Maybe you have a major life decision, a big choice to make. And you've been telling some friends, or maybe you have a, a, a physical healing. There is something that in your body that is going on that you need God to show up. You're asking God. You've been crying out to God, please heal. I don't know what your situation is. Or maybe you're in a, in a desperate need for a relationship to be restored. And you've told friends about your, your, your situation. You've told people. And, and, and then your friends, you know, your church friends, they, they pull out the church card. Well, some of them do. And some of them pull out this awesome verse. And take a look at this. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And you're like, Thanks. That's it's beautiful. It's an eagle. That's wonderful. I need God to answer this question. I need God to respond. And, and we get, we, it's like, well, thanks. That was really nice of you. Maybe you could just like, have God show up faster. You're like, woohoo. I'm going to mount up on wings. But what you don't realize, you tell your friends, or maybe you think it in your head, you don't realize what I'm dealing with right now. You don't realize the major life decision that I'm trying to, to, to walk through, to wade through, to, to crawl through. You don't realize the physical healing that I'm needing God to touch my body. You don't realize how overwhelmed I feel right now. You don't realize how attacked I feel right now. You don't realize how worn out and tired, how abandoned and alone I feel right now. Where is God? Where is God? So my question is this. How do we wait on God. How do we wait on God? The picture of the surfers. Maybe we need to come with a little more expectation. Maybe we need to come prepared. 
You see, surfers, uh, you'll have to forgive me. I am, I'm a North Dakota boy. I have always dreamt of being a surfer. I have always, I grew up in the, uh, I'm an 80s kid. When all the surfing and skating movies came out, I am that kid. I long for the day to be on, on a board on water and, and not die. <laughs> and my cousin, one of my cousins married a professional surfer. That's pretty cool. And I've asked him questions. I'm like, how do you do this? And how do you, and one of the things that he told me is that you come prepared. You show up ready. You don't know what it's going to be like, but you show up ready. Maybe waiting on God means that we're not passive. Before I give you steps and, and maybe some nuggets to take home, the very first thing that we have to talk about is who we're waiting on. Who are we waiting for? Who is this God? You know, if, if we go back to that verse, but they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. I don't know, I, I grew up in the church and I remember the old chorus for this. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. And then here's the part that, that just got me this week. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord, to wait. To wait. So who are we waiting for? Who is this God that we are waiting for? What amazes me is in Isaiah chapter 40, at the very end, the very last verse is this verse, 31. And at the beginning of the verse, there is a word, but. The reason it is there, the reason that it is there is because there is a whole lot of explanation beforehand. And so once we get to this verse, we have to figure out why it's there. Why does, the, why does the writer tell us, but those who wait on the Lord? Because he understands that every single one of us go through hard times. In fact, Isaiah, the writer of this, was writing to a group of people who were, um, they were far from home. Anyone here? They were, they were beat up. Anyone here? They were alone. Anyone here? They were financially going through a very difficult time. Anyone here? You see, he was writing to a group of people who had lost homes, who had lost loved ones, who were, who were tired and worn out, who were hoping to have something restored in their lives. And at chapter 40, he says, he says some incredible things, and he ends it with this, but those who wait on the Lord... But those who wait on the Lord. He says, But those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. So, who is this God? Who is this Lord that we are waiting on? If you have your Bibles, turn to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. I want to take a look at a couple descriptions that Isaiah has for us describing this Lord that we should wait on. Starting at verse 9, 
verse 9 and 10, it says this, O Zion, messenger of good news, shout from the mountaintops, shout it louder, O Jerusalem, shout and do not be afraid. Tell the towns of Judah, your God is coming. And catch this, yes, the sovereign Lord is coming in power and he will rule with a powerful arm. See, he brings his reward and they shall, pardon me, he brings his reward with him as he comes. So who is this God that is described here in verses 9 and 10? He is the sovereign king. He is the powerful king who is returning with his reward. Something that we have to understand about our God is, number one, he is sovereign. What that means is that what he decides is how it's going to be. So as much as we pray, as much as we, we, we ask God, God, would you please give me that Ferrari? God, I just need one Lamborghini. That's all I need. And life would be so much better. You know, when we pray according to the sovereign king's desires for our lives, it makes it a lot easier. It's a lot less frustrating when we say, Okay, God, you're in charge. I'm not. You're sovereign. That means you're the one in charge, not me. So not only is he the one in charge, but he is the powerful one in charge. His powerful arm. And not only is, he, is his strength great, but also he's bringing with him something. He's bringing with him the rewards. He's bringing with him exactly what we need. So number one, he's sovereign. He is sovereign and powerful. Verse 11, it says, He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep with their young. Now, I'm a city boy. I have no, no apologies on that. But something that I've learned as I've lived here in Watford City from some of you ranchers is that guiding mother animals with their babies near them can be a little difficult. Maybe even a little hairy. Last year I went to my first branding out at the Stenberg Ranch. And man, those mama cows, if they had opposable thumbs, we would have been dead. I'm serious. I was like, I was like, you know, they were bellowing like crazy for their little ones. And it says here in verse 11, it says he is a great shepherd where he scoops up the young ones, the the ones who can't defend themselves, the ones who aren't sure what to do next, the ones who are feeling alone and unprotected. He holds them close to his heart. But even those who have guidance, even those young ones who have leaders in their lives, he brings the leaders with him as well. There is something incredibly special about those who can guide not only young ones, but those of us who think we know what we're doing. And he gently guides. He doesn't whip and beat us and and yank and pull us in the direction that he needs us to go or wants us to go. It says he gently guides. Now hold on, compare this to the verse before where it talks about God's strong right arm. 
And yet he gently and lovingly carries and guides. This is our God. Look at the next verse, verse 12. Who else held the oceans in his hand? Who has measured off the heavens with his fingers? Who else knows the weight of the earth or has weighed the mountains and hills on a scale? Man, does that give you just a a picture in your mind how great God is? Like the song said, how big my God is? He holds the oceans in the palm of his hand. How big is your problem compared to that? His, he is great. His size and scope is beyond anything we can grasp. We look up into the heavens at night and we go, wow. And God goes, yeah, I did that. <laughs> that is our God. The God that we are waiting on. Verses 13 and 14. Look at this. Who is able to advise the Spirit of the Lord? Who knows enough to give him advice or to teach him? Has the Lord ever needed anyone else's advice? Does he need instruction about what is good? Did someone teach him what is right or show him the path of justice? Now, I think Isaiah was just getting a little bit sarcastic and rhetorical here. Because he, he, at this point, he's going, you know everything? Really? Who taught God? Who was his kindergartner teacher? Who, who had to explain to him what to do? It wasn't us. His wisdom and his knowledge is beyond what we can even realize. You see, our God is sovereign, and he is powerful, and yet he is compassionate and caring. Our God is so big and so knowledgeable and so wise. So how big is our issues? How big is our problems? Our God Our God, the one we are waiting on, is sovereign, powerful. He's a returning king, and he's about to show up. He is a compassionate, caring God who cares where we are at, and he's willing to lead us to where we need to be. (coughs) He is greater and bigger than our biggest problem, our biggest struggle. And he knows exactly when and where and how we need our answers. No matter what your situation is today, my question for you is this. Who are you waiting on? Who are you waiting on? Would you bow your heads with me for just a moment? Friends, some of you are here today and there is something going on in your life. There is something that you are facing 
That seems huge, and it seems big, and maybe you've been questioning, you've been wondering, maybe you have felt like, you, like at the DMV where you just don't know when. You, you just, you, you, have, you have sat patiently for a long time, but now you're to the point where you're just, you're even tired of that. Or maybe you're waiting like at the airport where, where you are expecting him. You just don't, don't know when. And you've waited. Maybe you've waited fearfully. Maybe you've been afraid of God showing up. But my question is this for you. However big the situation is, however difficult it is, how big is your God? How great is your God? Would you think about the decision that you're facing right now, the relationship that you're needing restored? the physical healing that you're needing, whatever it may be, would you just consider that for just a moment? And I want to read to you this same passage again in Isaiah chapter 40 from the message version of the Bible. It says it this way, Climb on a high mountain, Zion, You're the preacher of good news. Raise your voice and make it good and loud, Jerusalem. You're the preacher of good news. Speak clear and loud. Don't be timid. Tell the cities of Judah, look your God, look at him. God the master comes in power, ready to go into action. He is going to pay back his enemies and reward those who have loved him. Like a shepherd will care for his flock, gathering the lambs in his arms, hugging them as he carries them, leading the nursing ewes to good pasture. Who has scoped up the ocean, scooped up the ocean in his two hands or measured the sky between his thumb and little finger? Who has put all the earth's dirt in one of his baskets and weighed each mountain and hill? Who could ever have told God what to do or taught him his business? What expert would have gone would he have gone to for advice? What school would he have attended to learn justice? What God do you suppose might have taught him what he knows, showed him how things work? Why the nations are but a drop in a bucket, a mere smudge on a window. Watch him sweep up the islands like much dust off the floor. There aren't enough trees in Lebanon, nor animals, enough animals in those vast forests to furnish adequate fuel and offerings for his worship. All the nations add up to simply nothing before him. Less than nothing is more like it, a minus. So he even comes close to being like God. To whom or what can we compare? Some no-God idol? Ridiculous. It was made in a workshop, cast in bronze, then given a thin veneer of gold, draped with silver filigree. Or perhaps someone with, uh, will select fine wood, olive wood, say, that won't rot. Then hire a wood carver to make that no god, giving special care to its base so it won't tip over. 
Have you not been paying attention? Have you not been listening? Haven't you heard the stories all your life? Don't you understand the foundation of all things? God sits high above the round ball of earth. The people look like mere ants. He stretches out the skies like a canvas. Yes, like a tent canvas to live under. He ignores what all the princesses, princes do and say. The rulers of the earth count for nothing. Princes and rulers don't amount to much. Like seeds barely rooted, just sprouted. They shrivel when God blows on them like flax, flecks of chaff. They're gone with the wind. So, who is like me? Who holds a candle to me, says the holy? Look at the night skies. Who do you think made all this? Who marches this army of stars out each night, counts them off, calls them by name? So magnificent, so powerful, and never overlooks a single one. Why would you ever complain, O Jacob, or whine, Israel, saying, God has lost track of me. He doesn't care what happens to me. Don't you know anything? Haven't you been listening? God doesn't come and go. God lasts. He's the creator of all you can see or imagine. He doesn't get tired out. He doesn't pause to catch his breath. He knows everything inside and out. He energizes those who get tired gives fresh strength to the dropouts. For even young people tire and drop out. Young folk in the prime stubble and fall. But those who wait on God get fresh strength. They spread their wings and soar like eagles. They run and don't get tired. They walk and don't lag behind. Considering what you are facing, I'm not trying to make your problem, I'm not trying to minimize your decisions or minimize your situation or say that it's not painful. I'm just simply saying, in the middle of what you are waiting on God for, would you stop and realize who it is that you're waiting for? That your God, my God, is so much bigger. That he's he's so much more powerful. That he is able to handle every pain. He is able to handle every hurt. He is able to handle every overwhelming moment. And he has never left your side. How big is your God? With heads down and eyes closed for just a moment, friend, I want to ask you this. Friend, you're here today and you just need God's simple reassurance that he is with you. In the middle of what you're facing, you just need the simple reassurance that he's walking with you. Would you just put your hand up high enough so that I can see it? I want to pray with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, so many. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you have your hand up, I think I've seen it. Thank you. You can put it down. Anyone else? 
then this is how I'd like for us to close this morning. How big is your God? He's strong enough to handle your situation. He's wise enough to know what to do. He is lovingly and gently going to lead. Would you join me in prayer and just saying, God, be with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your amazing love. Jesus, you promised us that you would never leave us nor forsake us, that you would be with us to the very end of the ages. And so as you have uh, become the leader of my life, as I have asked you to lead me and guide me, God, this situation that I face right now, this, this decision, this, uh, this pain, this, this physical need that I have, God, whatever it may be that my friends are also dealing with, God, as we are facing these, God, you understand how we feel. You understand that we don't have strength but we are waiting on you and so you promised that you would give strength you promised that you would help us to walk and not grow weary and so in the middle of my time right now God would you give me strength so that I can be ready for when you show up when you when you give the answer that you're giving that you've been uh, waiting to bring at the right time. God, would you help me to be ready? Recognizing that you are the sovereign King of kings and the Lord of lords, that you are the powerful, you are the almighty, you are the everlasting, you are the one who walks beside me. You you guide and carry me along. God, I pray for my friends as they are praying the same prayer asking for your help and for your strength. Jesus, would you show up in their lives this week and remind them that you're with them. God, if the, if, if the time is right for your, your answer to come, God, would you bring it this week? Would you bring it today? Would you bring it right now? But God, if the timing, if your timing is not the right time yet, then God, we will wait for you. We will look forward to what you have next for us. God, I ask that in this day and in this place and in this moment and in this time, God, would you help us to remember that you are king and you are always with us. Walk with us this week. In your name we pray. Amen. The end of that old song, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not faint. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord, to wait. It starts with understanding who we're waiting on. Next week, I want to talk with you just a little bit more about this. How do we wait? How is it now that we understand who he is and what he is able to do in our lives, how do we do what's next? And so I hope that you guys will come back again next week. Um, Just remember this week. God is with you. He is never leaving you. As long as you remember who he is and what he has done already, continue to look forward. Continue to believe that his answers will be true and right in your time. We love you guys. Have an awesome week. God bless.